Okay, so today we have Susma here with us. Uh, she is just finishing up her first year here in the Regents ID program. And so first of all, thank you for joining us today, Susma. Yeah, thank you, Daniel, for having me here. And kind of maybe we can start, just tell us about a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so my name is Susma Kanal. Um, I was born in Nepal. I came here at the age of nine. Um, so that was in fifth grade, and I'm currently 23 years old, and like Daniel just said, I am finishing up my first year this very week. This very week? This very week. How does it feel? It feels kind of surreal, because mm. it's been like a long journey, and it feels like mm. it's been forever, but at the end, like the reward has been beautiful, so. Okay. Yeah, I'm just... Uh this week finishing up my second year and I can remember that first year um, we'll get into it but it's very heavily laden with academics yes. whereas your second year is more about um, seeing actual clients so you're going into that here soon and that's kind of like the most rewarding that's what you're here for type of thing Exactly. But with the first year can you kinda I remember um, looking into programs I didn't know if I should do a master's degree, a PsyD, or a PhD. Can you kind of tell us what your thinking was in looking at the PsyD program? Yes, so before I even applied, I didn't even know that there was such thing as PsyD, to be very honest. Okay. <laughs> I had heard of PhD and a lot of um, different master programs, uh -huh. but when I went to my professor from college, um, she recommended that I look into PsyD program, okay. which is a lot less about research and more about um, clinical work and um, I am not a big fan of like doing research and stuff so I oh. thought wow this is like a perfect opportunity but then at the same time I was like will I get accepted oh. um, because obviously we as we all know that like doctoral programs are hard to get accepted in mm. um, but then I did apply I applied to 11 schools um, half of it being masters and then half of it PsyD and I think two PhD programs okay. um, and then I got in I got in like a lot of PsyD schools, so I was oh. like, okay. Um, so that's how it all began. So that's kind of, that's hopeful if if you think about, you were thinking, can I even get into a PsyD program? And then you reached out to 11 and like half accepted you? Mm -hmm. And then you dwindled it down to picking Regent? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good to know. Exactly. Um, and what is the, can you maybe talk about the difference, um, why you chose, why one might choose PsyD over like a master's? Yeah, so this is not, um, like I don't have data to back me up right now, but this uh -huh. is um, totally my opinion. But from what I've heard, again, um, PsyD is a lot less research. Okay. Um, so PsyD is more of like hands-on experience. You get to work with clients from the very beginning, whereas um, PhD programs might be more research, research, research. Uh -huh. And of course, as we all know, PsyD is like a lot less in um, years. Uh -huh. So PsyD, for example, for Regent, it's only five years, okay. whereas a PhD program might be six, seven years. Mm -hmm. um, it might take longer. Uh -huh. Um, so for me, that was kind of like the bonus where I was like, okay, a lot less years and more hands-on and that's what I like. I like to talk to people. I like uh -huh. to interact with like clients and stuff. So I saw that opportunity and I was like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, choosing a PsyD over a master's, is that just because PsyD is a higher level or what was your thinking there? So for me, I was like, 
Okay, so psychology is not a field where we're going to make a lot of money. Mm. Um, and when we do masters, I feel like masters is not enough mm. um, to really like work with clients on a different level. And mm. I saw that opportunity in PsyD or in PhD. So I I looked at it and I, and I was like, okay, so the PsyD program has the masters incorporated in it. Okay. So why do masters and then apply for a doctoral program again? Why not just go straight to the doctoral program and you're done in five years? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you did masters, then you have to um, come for the doctoral program again and you waste about seven years of your life okay. versus five. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. And so... So you chose Regent, um, and we all know Regent's kind of a, they advertise themselves as a Christian school. Their slogan is Christian leadership to change the world. Mm -hmm. um, the other schools that you applied to, are they also Christian, or why? what kind of went into your thinking on why Regent? So fun fact, I'm actually not Christian, I'm Hindu. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I feel like in all of my classes, I'm the one person who's not Christian, and uh -huh. um, I think the, that was like... The major question that I got asked by a lot of people um, is like, why did you choose a Christian school? Um, well, because I attended a Catholic school when I was in Nepal, okay. when I was little, and I really liked it. And my brother actually works at the naval shipyard here um, in Norfolk. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to save money. Mm -hmm. And I saw that opportunity, um, but the other schools that I applied to, no, they were not um, all Christians. I applied to, I think, Divine Mercy University, which I believe is Christian as uh -huh. well. Um, but yeah, it just all worked out at the end because I could live with my brother and save money and okay. cost-wise. Yeah, so you're already in the area. Yes. Oh, got it. Interesting. Yes. What do you so? What do you think about the so uh, with Regent? They do a lot of Christian integration. Um, a lot of our classes begin with the devotion. Um, we have specific classes that are... What is the class you just got done taking in the summer? The Survey of Christianity. Yeah, Survey of Christianity. <laughs> so it's this whole semester of, of just a whole bunch of information <laughs> on, on Christianity from its origins to now. So yeah. what do you think of all the Christianity classes? Yes, um, it's, it's actually been a very um, interesting... Um, experience for me because not only do I get to see things from my own worldview, mm. I also get to learn about a whole different worldview. So mm. I feel like that has been a bonus for me, whereas my peers are just educated on their worldview. I now am educated on two worldviews. <laughs> so I feel like that will help me in the long run with my um, clients in the future because yeah. I can take both Hindu clients, both Christian clients, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I will become educated in Muslim clients too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's definitely been interesting, Daniel. Um, just hearing about um, the similarities and differences, and seeing how these two religions connect, and more than um, differences, I tend to see similarities in things, and mm. that has been a beautiful journey for me. Okay. That was well played. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so outside of your Outside of the Catholicism that you were introduced to at a young age, had you, you said you came over here when you were in, you were nine? Nine years old. Had you been exposed much to Christianity from then till now? So I went to a high school 
which was very, very diverse. So mm -hmm. we had Muslim population, we had Hindu population, we had Christian population, and a lot of different denominations of Christianity. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, again, I've got that benefit of being exposed to a lot of diverse um, groups. Um, but not just Christianity, but again, like a lot of different diverse groups. So mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for that because I feel like Although I don't know in detail about different religions, I I feel like I've I have the broader um, broader idea. Yeah. Um. So that has helped me a lot. Yeah. Good. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember. I hadn't had a whole lot of introduction to the Muslim faith, mm -hmm. and um, I traveled to Bali once. Oh, you did. And my driver there was Muslim. Mm -hmm. And he invited us over to like this dinner, mm -hmm. and he was talking about kind of how they don't eat um, pork, right? Pork, yes. Yeah, and he was so. And but meeting with him, um, that was also around the time that uh, kind of 9/11 and all yeah. that, and mm -hmm. a lot of Americans were um, very discriminatory toward Muslims. Mm -hmm. And then I meet this guy, and I'm like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> like he he would never do something like that, and yes. so. I think what you like what you're saying is being exposed to all these different people and having first-hand experiences mm -hmm. is going to come al help you a, a long ways yes. in terms of clinical psychology. Yes. Um, so kind of okay. So you you choose Regent. Um, can you kind of tell us about what it was like for your first semester? What, what, what kind of classes did you take? What was it? So I remember it was Monday and it was like the first day of class uh -huh. and. I sat in IQ class, <laughs> intelligence <laughs> testing, um, and right from the very beginning, we were exposed to a lot of <laughs> new information, which we did uh -huh. not think about before. Uh -huh. And in all honesty, it was it was a lot. Mm. Like I had this idea about psychology, uh -huh. which was not meeting with the <laughs> with the live experience that I was having that day. Uh -huh. um, but I think it's it's easy to just think about psychology as like an easy field, whereas like that is not the actual reality of it. Mm. There's a lot that goes into it, mm -hmm. and I feel like um, psychologists don't get that respect that they deserve. Mm. And just the first semester, I mean the the things that I learned, the the knowledge that I've gained, the skills that I've gained, I mean, it's immense. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. Um, you just really have to like put yourself out there and just learn, 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 and learn. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like I feel like at the end, it's all very rewarding, mm -hmm. um, despite all the hard work that we have to um, go through. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, so, do you remember the amount of hours they tell you that they recommend don't working past if you yes. do work? What is, is it like 15 hours or something? Yeah, I think 10 or 15. 10 or 15, mm -hmm. so they recommend that we don't have a job outside of, especially yes. the first year, outside <laughs> of coursework, um, and if we do, limiting it to 10 or 15 hours because of the sheer amount of information <laughs> we are forced to process mm -hmm. in that first year of academia. Yes. Um, yeah, and like you said, with IQ, um, coming into this program, I was completely unaware that psychologists also did any type of testing, or mm -hmm. especially intelligence testing. <laughs> I didn't know that was something that we did, or yeah. um, 
Yeah, and so the assessment classes, so you'll talk a little bit more about personality in a minute, but um, those classes, I feel, are the most difficult, challenging, challenging, <laughs> most amount of information. Exactly. Um, but also the most rewarding, yes. I think. Um, so, so with IQ testing, um, can you maybe talk a little bit more about that class or what that entails? Yes. Um, so it's a lot of hands-on work. You have to, like you personally know, you have to um, know how to say things, what to say, and in what pace to say. Um, so the instructions that you give the client, it has to be done very um, what is that word? <laughs> Standardized. Exactly. Uh -huh. So there's no messing around. There's no like pausing. You have to do everything in very um, lenient way. And mm -hmm. I think that's a that's very difficult for a lot of people because um, everyone has their own way of doing things. But then you come into this class, and mm -hmm. now you are all expected to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that's very challenging to do, and it kind of puts you. Um, outside of the box that you that you have been used to mm. so for me it was like getting out of my comfort zone and it's like okay hey I need to do this I need to um, like say this thing at the right amount of time and mm. then there is this amount of space in between and I cannot um, take more amount of time than I'm required to mm. so again it's it's a lot um, but you eventually get good at it, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> like time really, really does improve your skills. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, I would say from the from what you're saying, I resonate more with what you how you felt about it. So um, I, I don't like a lot of structure, mm -hmm. and I like to just bring my own thinking or my own personality exactly. into the moment, but. There, there are the other camp where they love roles. They're like, just give me a role to follow, and I, and I, I want to know exactly yes. what to do, what to say. And mm -hmm. so those, that type of people might really gravitate toward testing. Yes. Um, there's a lot of professors in our field, like, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of professors in our field that all they're all about testing, and that's what exactly. they love to do because it's so structured. And, yes. Um, yeah, so maybe those the testing classes will be a little bit more difficult to adjust to mm -hmm. for people who are more kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it makes it more difficult because we're not just taking that one class. We're taking mm -hmm. other classes as well with that class. So uh -huh. it's not like you can give all of your time to that mm -hmm. one class. You have to also navigate through the other classes that you have and you are expected to um, have good grades and mm -hmm. you're expected to maintain your scholarship. So really like finding a way to navigate through those different classes and still maintain a good grade makes everything more difficult <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you can't just focus on one thing. Um, so just like managing time and then trying to cram up everything into four months. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge. Uh-huh. Yeah, um real quick before we get to that, the I will say that although we both kind of came into this not knowing that testing was a part of the program, mm -hmm. it is specifically the one thing that a clinical psychologist doctoral level mm -hmm. is able to do and administer mm -hmm. that um, most people with a master's or they they are not 
they're not able to, they're mm -hmm. not licensed to practice yeah. administrations and testing. Yeah. So that is like the one thing that sets us apart exactly. on a higher level. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you mentioned taking other classes at the same time. What other classes in your first semester? So I took clinical psychology, I took clinical interviewing, I took psychopathology. Um, okay. For me, clinical interviewing was like the most fun. Okay. Like I love to talk. Um, and <laughs> that was one place where I could kind of like talk to my friends. We would do role plays because of COVID, of course. Um, uh -huh. We didn't really get to have real clients. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if you guys did. No. Um, well, actually, yes. Yeah, so in clinical interviewing at the very end, mm -hmm. they have in this program what they call probes. Yes. Right? And um, will, you, well, go ahead, will you explain what a probe is? Yes. So a probe is basically a testing that is required. I don't know like if, if it's um, a national requirement or just a region um, requirement, mm -hmm. but it is something that even if you have an A in a class and even if you're excelling, if you do not pass this probe, you get one more chance to retake it. And if you do not pass it the second time, then you basically fail the class and you have to repeat it again. Mm. So it does not matter if you're like, again, excelling in your class. You have to pass the probe. Everyone dreads the probe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So on top of your classes, you have not only your class exams, but you have probes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for our probes, mm -hmm. um, pre-COVID, we had real volunteers from the campus or community mm -hmm. and they came in and we had three separate sessions 45 minutes each and um, we were uh, we had to act out certain what they call interventions mm -hmm. like uh, there's like open questioning mm -hmm. restatements all that stuff um, and it's basically the class the clinical interviewing class is a class where they give you your fundamentals of how to speak with clients in yes. a professional manner. And what to say, um, what answers to give, or how to like reply, what to reply. Mm. So I think that class was fun for me. I also enjoyed um, psychopathology. Oh yeah. Um, because you're kind of like diagnosing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, reading their case study and you're trying to figure out what this person might mm. be. Um, having or what they're dealing with and what diagnosis you can give them and clinical psychology was um, I actually took clinical psychology in college okay. um, but it was it was fun huh. it was just a class that did not um, have a lot of other things besides papers mm, yeah. so what what did you get your bachelor's <coughs> in um, so I actually went in for biology. <laughs> okay. And then in my third year, I ended up switching to psychology. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that was a smart choice. But <laughs> <laughs> what made the What made the switch? Okay, so I'm Asian, <laughs> and there's this um, expectation in um, Asian society and in Asian culture where parents really want you to become a medical doctor. Mm. Um, so getting a PhD or a PsyD, I feel like is not enough. Uh. <laughs> so my dad really wanted me to become a doctor, uh -huh. but I was never interested in biology. Mm. But for some reason, I was al always interested in psychology. I took one psychology um, class in my first semester of college, and I really enjoyed it. Okay. So at the end, I was like, I can't, I can't do something mm. I do not love. So I eventually made that switch. Well, 
That must have been hard. <laughs> yes, it was it was hard because you have to like cram up all of these things. But then I did graduate on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that made me take like a one year gap because I hadn't applied anywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. And your parents were they supportive of the transition? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. To some degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I do not blame them. I think um, th- I think it's a big decision, and yeah. I mean now they're fine with it. But mm-hmm. initially, I do not know <laughs> if like they were yeah. they were very into it. So even so, I come from a very um, fundamentalist Christian background, mm-hmm. and when I was getting my bachelor's in psychology, mm-hmm. my parents were. Um, they, you know, they said we think you should just instead study something like theology mm-hmm. or go to a, a seminary or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I resonate with the kind, the kind of, to some, to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, and then not, yeah. But they're they're completely on board now yes. too, and so yeah, it's interesting. It takes time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so with the so the clinical interviewing class, that's how we said it's um, laying down the fundamentals of how you engage with clients mm-hmm. and uh, maybe challenge them in certain areas mm-hmm. or um, you really practice your listening and listening skills yeah learning I remember you learn to they they maybe they say something mm-hmm. in the first 45 seconds and you hold that in your <coughs> mind and then you, you like log it away and you maybe 20 minutes later you go back to that and mm-hmm. you 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 kind of develop that skill of mm-hmm holding all of this different stuff in your head without taking notes mm-hmm. and um, the very first exercise they had us do remember like the seven minutes of just listening and restating what yes uh, <laughs> were you nervous for that yes right yeah it's like exactly. a seven minute exercise and all you're doing is one task exactly. but I remember how nervous I felt doing that and then mm-hmm. how was it for you with the 45 minute for the probe with your you guys did it with your classmates? Um, no, we actually had real clients, oh, okay. but it was done via Zoom, uh-huh. and I enjoyed it. Like uh-huh. I, I love to talk <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm good at that. I actually um, volunteered in a suicide prevention hotline for two and a half years. Oh wow! Um, so for me, clinical interviewing was like, okay, I've learned all uh-huh. of these skills. Now let me put it to use okay. in, in this class. So I feel like I, I, I truly did excel in that class. Wow. Yeah, I was just um, I brought up to my supervisor. Um, so in this program, we learn a lot about how to do therapy, mm-hmm. but we learn, I would say, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, little about crisis intervention, mm-hmm. um, or you know, if if they put us into a suicide hotline, mm-hmm. call center or something, I don't think that our skills would really transfer too well, mm-hmm. and I think there's a big difference there and. Um, I was talking to her. It would be cool to have an elective mm-hmm. or just some extra training on that area. Yes. So that's yes. really neat that you already you bring that to the table. Yeah, yeah. We do tend to focus on a lot more things, but like you, I also wish there was um, more information uh-huh. on what to do if we encounter um, clients that are suicidal, yeah. and not just clients, but even in our personal lives. Like what what to do if a friend calls you and says. Hey, I'm feeling this way. Like, mm. what what is the step to take from there on? And uh-huh. having that additional practice would definitely make things a lot more better. Yeah, that's what brought it up for me is that um, we had a friend give us a call, and it wasn't that they were 
um, actively suicidal in the moment, mm -hmm. but they were in a very kind of dark place. Mm -hmm. And um, after the phone call, um, I was thinking, like, did I do okay? Mm -hmm. did, did I use anything that I've learned so far? And then that's when I, I realized we haven't really learned a whole lot about exactly um, the type of intervention. Yes. Um, and so, and then you talked a little bit about psychopathology class. Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember basically we had to memorize the DSM. In that DSM, class. <laughs> exactly your your Bible. Yeah, the <laughs> right? Bible. Yeah. It's, it's basically your um, scripture that you have to memorize, and I think the probe is kind of challenging for that class because uh. they give you the case study and you have a certain amount of time. I don't remember how. I think two hours, um, but you're basically diagnosing the person and. Yeah, so. Yeah, I forgot about that probe. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, they gave you this whole case study with like a, a background history mm -hmm. and they're presenting concerns, their problems, and then, yeah, you have to go through and figure out what to diagnose exactly. them with, right? Yeah. And then, so, you completed your first semester, mm -hmm. um, and then, what, what classes did you take the second semester? So second semester, I took psychotherapies. Okay. I took personality assessment. Okay. I took, um, what else did I take? <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took statistics. Oh. And then I took, is it, why is it this easy to forget? <laughs> <laughs> you blocked it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will get back to you on that, but uh -huh. yeah, I took five classes. Wow. How do I not remember? <laughs> we got statistics, psychotherapies, personality assessment. Personality. Um, <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, multicultural. Oh, multicultural. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> And then one more class, but I, I'll, I'll get back to yeah, you on that. Fine. Yeah. So, what was your what was your favorite class out of those ones? I enjoyed multicultural um, okay. because I enjoy anything that has diversity in it. Um, I also enjoyed psychotherapies. Okay. Um, statistics was fine. I'm not <laughs> too much of a math science mm, person, <laughs> so it was fine. Um, I think the hardest class for me definitely was personality assessment. Okay. Again, not yeah. a surprise, but another assessment class. Yeah. 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 I remember uh, learning that we had to take a statistics class, mm -hmm. and I did terrible. And when I was going through my bachelor's, mm -hmm. that was the class I did the worst in. <laughs> and but here. In this program for statistics, we got to use a program, uh, what is it? SPSS. SPSS. And that made things so, when my bachelor's, we <laughs> hand calculated yeah. everything with the yeah. calculators. Uh, but then, yeah, so this program, you just punch mm -hmm. it into Excel, or not Excel, but into the program SPSS. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, other than, it just made things so much easier. Yes, as long exactly. I don't even have to understand why it works. <laughs> you just learn the, the, the steps. Exactly. Right? It's 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 um it's kind of like learning a new software mm. or like editing or like yeah. whatever it is. Just learning how to click the right button. <laughs> exactly in the right order. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think uh, Dr. Jen, Dr. Ripley, mm -hmm. she likened it unto baking a cake. Mm. Baking a cake. Mm -hmm. Just 
following the, the exactly. recipe. Yeah. Exactly. And she also provided us with like this um, Word document which had all the steps in it. So even oh. like the pictures, like what to click, where oh, okay. to click. So I think that made it a lot more easier. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of thankful for that because again, I'm not <laughs> a math person, uh -huh. but having like the visual images helped me. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then psychotherapies. Yes. That is where you actually start to learn, like, different models of therapy. Yes. And how to use them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that class was um, very interesting because um, you learn about the different, um, like DBT, ACT, um, and one more model. Uh, CBT. CBT, yeah. yes. <laughs> so what you can use with your clients in the future, um, which model can work with which um, clients um, and vice versa. So I think that class was just taking in a lot of information and finding what makes each model unique from mm. one another. Can you talk a little bit about those three different models and what they are? <laughs> put your put your information to use. He's putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, At least a general overview. Like yes. some listeners might not know what DBT is. Or yes, um, can you help me with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so DBT, um, DBT, ACT, and CBT. Uh -huh. So who do we use DBT with again? So DBT stands for Dialectical Behavioral, Behavioral Therapy. Therapy, and that therapy is a lot of um, stabilizing. Yes. It's for maybe clients who are not completely emotionally stable. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of coping skills. Yes. They have even as simple as uh, having a client hold an ice cube for a while. I remember that. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Which was bizarre to me. I yes. didn't I would have never thought of that or or using like a red marker. Mm -hmm and coloring your wrist instead of cutting if that can yes um, so that's yeah that's more about stabilizations mm -hmm. and then ACT ACT or what they they say act for that one it's the only one that you don't spell out like the other ones <laughs> I don't know why um, but that is acceptance and commitment therapy yes and what did you so you uh, learn to kind of um, you learn to kind of accept things as the way they are, and then at the same time you learn to like how to cope with it, I think. Mm, yeah. um, where you like recognize that it's there, uh -huh. but then how it, um, how you won't let it like take up all of your energy, mm. or how to kind of like put it in the side, but not really mm. um, hone, hone on it. Mm -hmm. So, And that comes uh, a lot from Eastern philosophy mm -hmm. of... I can't remember the guy who the quote, but he said, "Don't push the river; it flows mm -hmm. by itself." Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of kind of where that therapy comes from. Yes. And then for CBT, CBT or cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy. Um, <laughs> so for that, I remember we use like there's so many different worksheets for it, um, and you can give um, different worksheet for a different client. You can kind of like talk to your client about what worksheet might work for them. It's, it's, I think it's, it's a lot about coping again. Mm. Um, what do you think? Yeah, and uh, it's based, it's largely about symptom reduction. Yes. And so yeah, it's like coping, um, getting the client behaviorally activated. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people, there's, you know, the cycle with depression? Yes. So a lot of times people, they 
are depressed and so then they don't want to do anything mm -hmm. but then they don't want to do anything and that makes them depressed mm -hmm. and it's just a cycle yes so um, with the behavioral activation you try and get your clients to do anything and everything that is pleasant or enjoyable maybe they don't even enjoy it now but something that they used to enjoy mm -hmm. if you can kind of get them activated while you're working through um, cognitions or their mm -hmm. thoughts so I, I kind of look at it like breaking the cycle I don't know mm -hmm. if you agree with me but yeah. it's kind of like a person is going on the cycle but like how to come out of it and how mm -hmm. to like take the right steps to um, mm -hmm. like eventually kind of recover from that yeah um, so that's how I look at CBT yeah but exactly and there's not just the so within CBT the cycle that they kind of focus on I think is their theory derives from uh, co the cognitive theory mm -hmm. which set postulates that your thoughts if they are if you have negative thoughts mm -hmm. that leads to negative emotions and then that leads to negative behavior and then that reinforces the negative thoughts exactly so, yeah that cycle yes. and it's about breaking that cycle yes you put that really well thank you You're <laughs> um, what did you think about that class um yeah it was it was very interesting because again I got to learn about these different models and um, what works with what client isn't DBT usually with like schizophrenia and um, yeah and uh, so like borderline mm -hmm. clients. borderline yeah. yes so just seeing what model might work with again what clients mm -hmm. and I think having that freedom in the future to choose one of the models um, with clients or even having like the endless amount of worksheets mm -hmm. for example yeah. in CBT yeah. <laughs> so you kind of don't have to follow a pattern you can uh -huh. kind of like choose your own way as a clinician and choose what might work best with your client mm -hmm. and even giving the client the freedom of choosing what might work with them yeah. so I think it comes with a lot of freedom mm. so I, I enjoy that good and then multicultural what was what was that class so you mentioned a lot about how you like the diversity training and can mm -hmm. you and I talk about that yes so in that class um, we talked about things such as social justice mm. and discrimination in America mm. racism and how it uh, how to take clients from different um, backgrounds mm -hmm. and we also at the end of class I remember we would uh, break into groups mm -hmm. and kind of vent oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of vent about like what we thought or like what we don't like um, oh. about what's happening in the world or like oh. the readings that we did and so having that platform to like talk about your feelings mm -hmm. it helped a lot and just having a lot of people in the room um, be together and listen to conversations that a lot of people might find uncomfortable yeah. so kind of exploring that area I feel like it's always interesting because yeah. people might get exposed to something that they're not familiar with or even learn new information mm. and you know like the past year social justice has been a major um, major thing in America so yeah. I think it was like a very correct time for us to be in that class and learn what we did oh good yeah um, did you guys I remember also pre-COVID we had to part of that class we had to choose um, somewhere out in the community mm -hmm. that wasn't a part of our own mm -hmm. cultural mm -hmm. I guess belief mm -hmm. and it's like it was called a submersive experience or mm -hmm. something 
and I went to a, a Buddhist temple awesome. uh, and took like a meditation class. Uh-huh. Uh, did you guys, I know you weren't with COVID, but what was, did they just drop that for you guys or? Um, no, we actually did that. And oh. yes, I interviewed a um, Christian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm like always around Christians, but then I'm like, find. hey, I'm different, yeah. so <laughs> I can still interview you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I had the opportunity to learn about one denomination of Christianity. And I think the most shocking thing for me was like, I didn't know before coming to this program uh-huh. that there were that many different like denominations oh, of Christianity. Yeah. And so when... Even in one class, some claim to be from one denomination mm. and some claim to be from the other. And uh-huh. I'm just like, wow, like I didn't know. I thought like Christians were just Christians, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know? So, yeah. yes, I got to um, interview an evangelical uh-huh. Christian. Okay. And yeah, so they had more like conservative thoughts mm. and beliefs um, compared to maybe other um, Christian denominations. So I think it's very interesting to hear about like different beliefs yeah yeah and uh part of part of what you'll do second year through i think fourth year is you have case presentations and you uh, talk about um confidentially you talk about one of your clients Mm -hmm. and their um their presenting concerns and how you're conceptualizing their case and part of that entails you um, speaking to diversity factors mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that one of the only things that can be similar yet different is religion mm-hmm. because like you said Christianity is on such a spectrum it is and um, it you know it ranges from people who say oh I'm Christian because my parents are Christian but they don't really have any type of solid uh, maybe I guess belief in mm-hmm. Christ and then it ranges to the completely legalistic, fundamental, um, literal Christian. And mm-hmm. so that's a wide spectrum. And if you, if you, as a Christian, if you have a client who's a Christian mm-hmm. and you just think, oh, well, we're both Christians, so <laughs> we're going to understand exactly. each other and where we're coming from, mm-hmm. that's not how it always plays out. So Yes. Yeah. And I've seen the differences even in my cohort um, mm-hmm. from one Christian to another, mm-hmm. like just hearing about the differences and no. the different views that they have on different topics um, for, um, on our present world. is it's, it's very interesting because, again, prior to coming to Regent, I didn't know that uh-huh. the differences within Christianity were so prevalent. Uh-huh. So. With yeah. with Hinduism, it's mm-hmm. all just if you meet a fellow. <laughs> exactly, we all kind of share the same um, beliefs, and I think oh. it's the same with Muslims as well. They all kind of have the same, or maybe it varies. But I don't want to yeah. like say something uh-huh. that I'm not aware of. But I uh-huh. think I think they they're very like strict about mm. their beliefs in terms of like I think they all follow the same. I don't know. Okay, I don't want to talk about it because okay. I'm not aware of it. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um, and then, so we talked about statistics, psychotherapies, multiculturalism, and then, I always, <laughs> um, here we go again. I feel like there's one more that we didn't yes, remember. Yes, I, I don't know. I lost it, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it must have been an easy class because how can I forget? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. 
We named four earlier, yes. remember? <laughs> four. Um, I... <laughs> Well, I don't remember. Yeah, it'll it'll come. It'll come. But why don't we talk about I think like Oh personality or assessment. Personality assessment. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that's why it's Yeah. Like so personality assessment, what do you want to know? Yeah, so um before I joined the program too, I also didn't know that we again with assessments I was completely unaware. Um and when I heard about a personality class mm -hmm. I thought we were going to be giving kind of like uh have you heard of the 16 personalities mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you can take online or the Enneagram <laughs> um, something like that exactly I wish yeah <laughs> so what are these personality uh, tests like it's where do I begin um <laughs> it's a hard class oh. with um, I think again you get case studies kind of similar to like psychopathology uh -huh. but now it's not just like diagnosing them it's like you go deep down and mm -hmm. you just like research and you find out what skills are elevated versus uh -huh. the other and you have to really like know what you're talking about mm -hmm. you have to group the skills together uh -huh. um, so can you what's what skills are you talking about so there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of skills um, like, do you want me to name them? Like, there's skills such as, like, RC skills, uh -huh. um, ARX, I think. And this is part of, it's it's part of the MMPI. MMPI. Which three. is uh, the Minnesota Multiphasic Phasic Personality Inventory. Inventory. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of skills, and they're basically entailing um, what a person might be going through. So one skill hmm. might talk about... Um, like their one skill might be depression related uh -huh. versus the other skill might be anxiety related okay. so if if um, let's say skills that are related to depression are elevated uh -huh. then what does that say about the client mm, versus if the skills um, which are talking about anxiety are elevated what what is that entailing so I feel like it gives you a deeper um, deeper look into the client, uh -huh. whereas psychopathology was just kind of like, okay, yeah, let's diagnose them, it's done. <laughs> this is like, okay, what skills are elevated? Mm. Are they depressed? Do they have anxiety? Do they have like mood problems? Mm. Do they have this? Do they have that? So it really, again, really like lets you see what the person is going through mm. on a very deep level. Mm. Yeah, and these the personality tests, they're more focused on symptomatology mm -hmm. or or just I don't want to say negative but on symptoms versus so they're gonna tell you uh, this is what the clients going through in a negative way instead of like these are the strengths of the client yes. most of, most of like most of the ones that we learn in that first class right yes. and so yeah so that class uh, like you said with psychopathology you have this case study with no information about testing mm -hmm. and so you can learn to make a diagnosis based on what your client is telling you mm -hmm. and then this class gives you an extra tool on um, if we give these certain tests to the client mm -hmm. we have data so again with the with those people who love structure and roles mm -hmm. and they're like well now I have this data to back me up mm -hmm. and I can make this diagnosis and 
when asked why, I can point to the numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's basically what that class is like. It's very, also very difficult. Very detail-oriented. De yeah, <laughs> detail-oriented. Very structured. Not a strong suit of mine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really requires a lot of time, a lot of energy, and that's hard to do when you're taking four other classes mm -hmm. and when it's all crammed up in four months. So yeah. for me, actually, personality assessment was harder than IQ testing because IQ mm. testing, I feel like it gets better uh, as time goes by. Like, you kind of get that practice, whereas personality assessment mm. you really need to know mm. what you are doing yeah. and not just for the probe but even in class like we'll have final exams uh -huh. um, I mean it's unlimited time but uh -huh. then it's very specific questions and so yeah and it's they don't just talk about the MMPI they also talk about the the MCMI which is I the <laughs> Millen, multi-multi-axle, something, something. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember right yeah. now. But so they talk about that test, and then you have to learn that one. And you have to learn to integrate it together. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, so <laughs> you can give someone uh, multiple personality tests, and then you have to write reports exactly and ex to explain what the test shows you. So you take the MMPI mm. and then the MCMI and you integrate them together, together and, and write this report that's coherent and not contradictory in any way. And no. Yeah. So and it, yeah. So that class you you could spend a, a full semester just learning the MMPI, <laughs> but it's like no, you're gonna learn the MMPI and the MCMI and a few other tests just to kind of yeah. <laughs> throw those in there. Exactly. There yeah. are more tests. You're not just learning the MMPI and MCMI. Uh -huh. You are learning Rorschach. Mm. You're learning, um, what else did we learn? Uh, was it the TAT? TAT. Yeah. Um, like some projective tests. Yes. So you're learning yeah. about a lot of different things. And then you have this probe at the end, which you're also supposed to prepare for. Uh -huh. And you only have three hours to write about six to nine pages. <laughs> and you have to know what you're talking about. Mm. You have to integrate it. You just you you have to be really good at it. And on top of it, yeah. and also worry about all of the exams that you have <laughs> crammed up in the final week of the program. So yeah, yeah. That was by far the most difficult class, I think, in my own opinion, too. Exactly, yeah. because I think second semester. I think first semester we just come in and we don't know what we're getting ourselves into, and uh -huh. it's it's hard. But then second semester, you think it's going going to be easier, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like no, <laughs> here you go, and then <laughs> one more class added, and then just do good in all of your classes, mm. pass the probe, and yeah, so yeah. it's definitely difficult. Yeah. So you started to bring up coping earlier. What, mm -hmm. what were you gonna say? So yeah, coping. Let's talk about coping. <laughs> okay. How does coping look like for you? Let's start with you. In the pro, in the how do I? So how do I not get Which overwhelmed? With yes, the, exactly. With the amount of work that we have to do. Mhm. Mm um. So. I would say that my first step was, um, I was halfway through my second year, mm -hmm. and then, um. My wife came to me with the idea mm -hmm. that we that we transitioned to a six-year program mm -hmm. and I had never thought about it before I didn't know what that might look like mm -hmm. um, so I talked to my advice my faculty advisor about it mm -hmm. and 
asked about maybe the pros and cons of that. And so from my understanding, the way that she kind of explained it was she thought it would be a good option, um, especially with, I'm not a very type A personality. <laughs> I'm not, um, I'm not, let's just work, work, work and have no life. time. Yeah, exactly. have no life. Exactly. And I also, I when I started this program, I, w I wanted to be intentional and devote this time to learning about psychology and mm -hmm. becoming um, the best that I could possibly be in that small amount of time of school. But I found myself neglecting a lot of the readings. Mm -hmm. um, we have so much required reading to so do. Much. So <laughs> I found myself neglecting that and um, not having a whole lot of... I love to read in my own personal time, mm -hmm. whether it's about psychology or philosophy or religion. Um, and But I wasn't able to read as often as I would like to have been. So anyway, so... I brought up the idea to her and she said it would, by the time I apply for internship, it would give me more clinical experience, more mm -hmm. hours, which would be a good thing. It would give me, um, it would take the amount of work that I have to do in five years and lengthen that out to six years, which mm -hmm. would give me more time in between. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe I'm taking three classes per semester instead of four or five. Mm -hmm. And so I really like that idea. Yeah. Uh, the only drawback that I could see when with that was that it's another year, one another year that you're here in Virginia <laughs> Beach, <laughs> um, which isn't that bad of a place. Yeah, but it's another year that you're not working mm -hmm. out out in the community making money mm -hmm. that you are also paying for school. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest kind of the financial part of it was the biggest con I thought. Mm -hmm. um, which I was glad I was, I was like I'll gladly accept yeah. that if it means I can have a little bit of breathing room. Yes. And so I think that was my first major step. And then um, what I do, what I try to focus on is just um, quality time with my wife. Mm -hmm. And then reading. Uh, last it was today's Wednesday, mm -hmm. uh, but last last night I went to the beach and I just read hey. on the beach. <laughs> And so I love the ocean. I love being uh, on sand mm -hmm. and near the water. So that's kind of my, I guess, what makes me think of go-to coping mm -hmm. when it comes to coping with this program. Uh, what, what have you found helpful? So after the first semester, my hair was falling so much. Oh, no. And I went home, and I feel like my mom was like, Susma, what, what happened to uh, you? Like, you don't seem like yourself anymore uh, because of all the stress. Yeah. And I feel like I just spent the break just stressing out for no reason. Mm. Um, and I saw it kind of affecting my life. Mm. Um, I did not like who I was becoming. Mm. And like you, I also like to like have a life outside of school. Yeah. I'm very social. Um, I want to have fun. I want to make friends. Yeah. Um, I want to go out and do things that are fun to okay. do. Yeah. Um, and so I thought like second semester was going to be better, but uh. that was not the case. Mm. And in second semester, I gained so many pounds wow. just in one semester mm. because of all the stress. And I saw myself changing physically, and I did not like that mm. at all. Um, so now I think 
now that like I have this one and a half months break, I really need to figure out what it is that I want to do mm -hmm. to cope with the stress because I do not have that answer yet. Uh -huh. um, I want to work on myself. I want to get a membership in the gym and still continue that after uh -huh. um, I join school again and still make time for like my passion and yeah, like coping really does look different in different people. Yeah. And I don't know if I have found mm. what works for me yet. Okay. That's rough. Yeah, but yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be incorporated into yeah. everyone's life who is taking <laughs> this program. Yeah, they so, yeah. they um, preach a lot here about self care, and then <laughs> don't give you too much time no. to do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it does, like you said, it looks very different for from person to person. Mm -hmm. um, and then you you have to be very, I think, in a way disciplined because I think what you see a lot of is trying to escape mm -hmm. and which might look like either for some for some people, it might look like just being on YouTube or Instagram <laughs> and just trying to get away from your thoughts. Exactly. Um, but that there's a difference between escape and self care. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that might be self-care, but mm -hmm. when it comes to a point of when you're using it to just, yeah, to escape, yes. that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, for you, uh -huh. um, it's easier for, well, I, I can't speak for you, but I think you just got married yeah. in December. Yeah. Um, so having a wife at home to go to and mm. just, like, share the share the stress with and uh -huh. she's also in the program right yeah, yeah. so for you to have that support system yeah. I feel like that's helpful I, yeah. I don't know what you think but yeah. what, what would you say um I would say that that's kind of a good I would say that it is very very uh beneficial to my well-being mm -hmm. and it is very nice because she is like you said she's also going through the program so we can talk about what was stressful we can talk and she resonates with it mm -hmm. and she can bounce back um, with that there is also a lot of we got married in in December <laughs> which is like so that means we are planning the wedding on top I was also a teacher's assistant at the time yes. and so I was taking classes seeing clients um, assisting <laughs> teaching classes and planning a wedding. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why I, that's why I said it's a loaded question because it did add a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And um, but also I think yeah, having someone else that is always there for you is a very mm -hmm. monumental way of dealing with the stress and coping. Exactly, yeah. because you understand each other yeah. and you can go out and have fun. Yeah. Whereas I go home to my brother, <laughs> and he comes back from work, and he's kind of like, "Don't disturb me." Like uh, he he doesn't he's not sociable like me, uh -huh. and he just kind of likes to be on his own, like mm. watch his shows and kind of hang out with his friends. And uh -huh. to me, he's like, "You're just my sister. Like go away." <laughs> so I'm kind of going home, and I don't have like mm. people to interact with, mm. and. Um, even like with friends, they're busy doing their homework or whatever. So yeah. I feel like I didn't find that time to go out and have fun with people. Okay. And I want to like have that in my life, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like not everybody has the time to do so. Yeah. So 
like I don't know I need to work on that like yeah yeah I remember so I I didn't get married until the second year in the program and my whole first year I was I was living with this wonderful um, older <laughs> lady like she's in her 60s I met her on Craigslist <laughs> it's a long story um, but I was living with her at the time and uh, and my cousin mm -hmm. from Ohio she's uh, we grew up together and um, we I was I was off living in other countries for a while and she we always wrote to each other and stayed in contact and when I moved back to America in order to go to grad school mm -hmm. she mentioned she was gonna go to Regent University mm -hmm. and that was so this is the only school that I applied to oh wow yeah and so I told her I was like I was looking into grad schools <laughs> and I found Regent so she moved out here about a year prior to myself mm -hmm. and so my first year she was very good about letting me just meet up with her at times and mm -hmm. we would I would just complain to her and and she actually was my volunteer for the IQ test oh wow <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah she's been great so she was a very um, I don't want to say resourceful that sounds kind of like <laughs> but she was very uh, also helpful in helping me cope with the whole stress of a first year PsyD yeah. program. That's awesome. That's awesome that you had that. Yeah, so I would say um, I think that you are spot on with if you're going to go through something like this, it's important to have a community. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to have people that you can meet up with and mm -hmm. will let you rant for five or ten minutes exactly. about how difficult your class was or a probe that's coming up. Yes. Um, I think that's very, yeah, very important for us to have going through a program like this. Yeah, so one thing that I always like think about is like we're in a field where we're going to be helping other people, mm -hmm. but what do you do when you are the person mm -hmm. that needs help? Yeah. Um, yeah. because again it, it's a lot of stress and you need to go through coping and you mm -hmm. need that social um, support system uh -huh. so I think to anyone who wants to do a program like this I think it's important to build relationships and again like Daniel just said like have people that you can go to and rant mm -hmm. because you will have <laughs> a lot of those moments <laughs> yeah. where you just want to rant <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah. And something, something that they tell us is that every therapist has a therapist, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and there's there's many reasons to that, but I think that that's a good a good piece of advice. Um, and here we get we can go to the counseling center here and get mm -hmm. free counseling. Or if you're a Regent student uh, and you're not part of the ID program, you can come to mm -hmm. the psychological services center and get free therapy. So. And even outside, I think, you can get discount and everything. Yeah, very, very good, very good discounts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are res resources if um, we would need. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I thank you for the talk, and it's I, this is my first chance that I've really got to sit down and talk with you. Um, I've enjoyed hearing your experience, and... If you do need a friend, you can always reach out to me uh, or my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. And yeah. am I like your first? You're my first. Wow. Yep. So I just want to congratulate you for doing this. Thank and you. I see you like going big in the future. And yeah. I wish you all the best. And 
um, don't stop. Keep doing what you love to do, and you are a very good. Um, what do you call like podcaster or like interviewer? <laughs> so you are you are very good. Good job, and I'm proud of you. Thank you, sister. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>